Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast all about craft beer and video games. Uh, I'm Adil, and I'm joined this week by Lucy. Hello, host. Hello, host, yeah. It's all weird <laughs> because, unfortunately, Ben has been feeling under the weather, which is why we are recording on this uh, non-standard date and, t- uh, and time, but also Benless. Um, he's, mm. look, no Ben beneath me right there. <laughs> It's we sad. all miss Ben. Poor, poor baby Ben. Yeah, he'll, he'll be better. He'll, I'm sure, he'll be back next week. He better be. Yeah. Otherwise, that's it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- take over, and the, the 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 mild rails this podcast have will forever be a a, a wade, a wade, gotten rid of. Hmm. Good start. Um. Cool. Uh. Let's start with some beers. Lucy, what do you got? Hmm. I'm gonna start with a beer from. Brew by Numbers. Oh, excellent. Uh, this is their number five, which is an India Pale Ale, Juicy New England. So, New England IPA. Uh, 5.5%. Um, okay, this one was uh, brewed exclusively for Marks and Spencer, because huh. that's where it's from, and it was quite cheap. It was, I think it was like pound eighty around there. So, um, I don't think I've had this one before. Um, M&S Stock Another Brew by Numbers. I can't remember what the exact number is, but that's the one I usually see. Um, so, don't think I've had this. Uh, I shall read the flavour text. Um, this juicy New England IPA is packed with vibrant American hops on top of a soft and smooth base. Pouring with a bright and naturally hazy glow. It always, it always makes me laugh when it's like beers in like supermarkets and they say it's a natural haze, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just so that people aren't like, oh my god, what is going on with this beer when um, they inevitably pour it? So, because you must have so many people going back to the supermarket and saying my beer is off, it's it's cloudy, right? There's haze. So, yeah, it always makes me laugh when I see it, but understandably so. Anyway. Uh, this beer unveils an aroma of tropical fruits and flavours of ripe peach and zesty orange. The result is refreshing, full-bodied, and balanced. Uh, modern pale ale. Um, says that there's um, it's got a little chart. Um, five out of five for hops. Um, three out of five for bitterness. Haziness is four out of five. Juiciness is five out of five. Nice. So looks like it's right up your juicy loose alley. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's see if it's any what good. What do I got? What do I got? What, what are you drinking? Pour. Yeah, I've got um, a Northern Monk Patrons Project. Um, okay. Which is with Mao. Mao Maui. It's the my Mao Mickey Pop. Where I'm looking for. Yeah. So I'm assuming Limao Limao is the name of the brewery? <laughs> Question mark. Okay, how do you spell it? Let me let me research it. L E I M A I space L E M A O W slash slash Mickey Pop. Oh, Limai Limao. Yeah. And it's Ooh, the Mickey I Pop. The I assume the, the Mickey Pop. Given like if you look, it's like a Mickey Mouse hand was, and a wait, pop, wait. right? 
They're the artist. Um, ah. Artist and designer from Liverpool, living in Manchester and painting worldwide. Gotcha. So this is a Cherry Background Cola Sour IPA. Cherry Cola. Ooh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a roll of the dice for me. Not a fan of Cherry Cola. Mm. Oh, yeah. So it's a Cherry Cola Sour IPA, 4.5%. It's mosaic and sweet and sour cherry. And I think I got this from somewhere where it was like, this is a Northern Monk Patriots project that's on sale from one of my beer uh, mail orders. And I was like, on sale? Go for it. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I sh- cherry cola sour. Well, I like sours. Yeah. Let's see. Cola sour is a thing I'm not really done. Um, so let's see. Um, so while I pour this, why don't you, have you had a chance to taste yours? Uh, not taste, but I've poured it. It's a, it's a good looking beer. It's... um. Definitely got that natural haze. Uh, it's not completely opaque. Um, towards the bottom of the glass, it's a little bit less hazy. But um, yeah, it probably for like a massive, like two, three finger head, and it's it's staying there. It's not really going anywhere. Um, smell wise, yeah, it smells nice. It smells a bit orangey, a bit citrus. You're definitely smelling the hops on there. So it smells a bit like Solero. Mm. Um, don't know if you're familiar. I don't know if that's if it's a, a brand outside of the UK. It is. It's not as big. Like, okay. like, you know, I didn't grow up with it, but I definitely have mm-hmm. seen them. Um, and of course, since I've okay. lived here, yeah. Um, You've got like, like kind of ice creamy, orangey ice cream. Yeah, we had uh, creamsicles, which I think are like super mm. low rent solaris. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man's solaris. Yeah. This isn't bad. It's 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 got that fruitiness in there. It is juicy. Um let me go for another sip. That's good. Yeah. I'd say the finish is a bit underwhelming. It's like a slightly watery finish. Mm. It it doesn't really have that that bitterness that would be nice, or even just like a second wave of that fruitiness. You get a lot of fruitiness at the start, but yeah, it sort of tapers off towards the end and has a slightly watery finish. But it's 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 a decent beer, especially for like one pound seventy nine. You can get a lot worse for that much money. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, because um, the other day I had some beers from. From Aldi, mm. and they're like craft beer selection. Um, <laughs> those were not great, and those were pretty much the same price. But um, yeah, this is good from uh, brew by numbers. Um, yeah, definitely, it's, it's quaffable. It's juicy. It's 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 easy to drink. Um, you are getting quite a lot of hoppiness. You are getting like that effervescence as well. And they said it was very hoppy on the can. So yeah, right. But yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I wouldn't say impressed. I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm happy this is a good beer because it could have gone uh, the other way. So yeah, right. This is decent. Mm. I mean, that's pretty. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, for for the price and like you said, the type of market that's competing in it's that sounds quite good because um, yeah, yeah, like you were is saying. It, there's a huge quality difference in that area, and it all it, the 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 median tends to be not great. Yeah, this this is definitely above the average, and 
you know, I think it's a really pleasant beer. I'd happily, you know, just drink these alongside, you know, if I'm looking for something cheaper, just drink these alongside, you know, my Northern Monk, you know, <laughs> Patrons Project beers and other stuff. But yeah, I, I think it's really good. Um, I think I was going to say you could, you know, like just bring a four pack of these. Um, I think it's a bit heavy, so it's not quite session. Um, it's five point five percent, so a little bit over session strength. But I think the it's got enough body where it's like maybe can't knock four of these back quite right. easily. But you know, if you go in somewhere over an extended period of time, good beer to bring with you. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, cool. Uh, and this this is is this like the first time they've actually used like blue numbers. I was I was gonna ask. I, I, I don't know. Um, because I that didn't look recognizable to me. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've only seen it when it's like the cream colored or the silver or gold. Yeah, and like the blues. one I got had a few weeks back, which was brewed for beer fifty two. Like it feels like they've found a good vector of like we can do some scale up stuff and and have that as our reach rather than yeah. like they're still hard to find sort of in in Bristol bottle shops. Hmm. Um. So I'm wondering if that's sort of their way of doing reach, um, or if it's just the bottle shops I've been to just don't carry them. You know, it's hard to tell. Um, but yeah, because yeah, I, you know, well, back when I was going to bottle shops, it'd always be a good selection of them. So who knows? Maybe they hate Bristol. Maybe they're just jealous of Bristol, like me, and everywhere else in the country. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got this. Poured very pink cherry cola. Oh, it oh no. kind of looks cola colored, but if you can see in the light, it is quite pink. Um, it looks a little more yeah, purpley yeah. just because of um, my lighting setup. It's which a bit is beetroot from here. Yeah. Oddly bright oh, today. Um, probably because I had to. Well, we're doing it at six o'clock as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> so it's actually quite light on the nose. There is a bit of that. That, you know, rootishness of cola on there, coupled with okay. a bit of sour cherry. But it's really light. There's also almost, like, it's it, there's, like, no lacing to be had because there's almost no head. Um, mm -hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Finish is quite wet, like, like you were saying yours does. This is 4.5%. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's quite low. Hmm. I think that's because they're going for that cola taste and texture because mm. it's not very viscous either. It's quite wet all the way through. Uh, it definitely has some cherry notes, some sort of cherry tartness, sour cherry, I guess. But um, okay. it's there. It's not that strong, which is nice because it's not taking away. Does it taste like a beer? No. I mean, that's I was I mean. trying to figure out. <laughs> that's what I want to know. So where I'm struggling with does it taste like a beer is there is like mm. a bit of a malty, low-key low, low, low key malty um, backbone to this, but it's really light. Okay. And like, in sense, and it's not doing a lot. It's not like mm. it's being the foundation that the other t tastes are f sitting on. It feels more like... It's because it's a beer. <laughs> the, the maltiness yeah, is kind of yeah. coming through. 
Uh, and it's really trying, like I said, that that the note I had on the nose of that slightly brutish cola, like colaness, is mm. there. Um, it has a bit of sweetness, a lo- that sour cherry. And it's just fizzy enough to feel like a flat pop. Mm. It's not very um, <laughs> carbonated. Maybe, I think this is in one of their older ones. I When was the BB? Best before 30621, so it should be good for another month, but we're on that last yeah. month of shelf life. But, it, I mean, this is just not carbonated, really. Mm. Um, I think that's the, 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 the dangerous territory that you slide into if you're making a beer like that, and it's not... If you're trying to evoke, like, cherry cola, then... Nobody wants a flat cherry cola. Well, I mean, that's sort of why I was grimacing, because I was like, this this does yeah. taste like cherry cola, but what's missing? Oh, the thing that beer does really well in the mm. in the cola properties mapping bubbles is the thing you get for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's um it's not bad. It's just it's not there's not quite enough cola. There's no beer in it. Like I said, there is this like uh, low key maltiness, but uh, it doesn't feel like it's doing a lot. I think there, and coming from that, is a bit of a more biscuity sweetness that lingers on after the finish. So you've got this like, it's like the taste sort of splits on the finish, and like the main thing in the finish is this like tart sour cherry, mm-hmm. and the cola stuff just doesn't last. So you're like, okay, so it finishes kind of tart. That's nice for a sour IPA, or. I think that's what they call this. Um, but yeah, then yeah, on the bottom, true. there's a sweetness that's more biscuity that it doesn't feel like it's working with that sour cherry. It feels like it's just another thing that's lingering rather than this is the finish. So it feels kind of untethered in in the in the right. end. And kind of all the way through. And I think part of that is my bias because I like my beers having a bit of a core beer taste. And this is doing none of that. It's... Mm. Like, yeah, it's trying to be the Mickey Pop um, Cherry Cola. And it's closer to Cherry Cola than beer, than IPA. Yeah. But it's still not very Cherry Cola. So it's kind of, yeah. I'm trying to remember because I'm sure I had another Cherry Beer from... um, It might have been Northern Monk as well. It might have been one of the patron uh, projects ones as well trying to remember what it was but i just know that i absolutely was not a fan mm. um yeah but i just don't think i i don't like cherry cola as it is so well it's interesting because i i mean in beer. i like cherry cola but i like dr pepper more and like this feels like mm-hmm. it should be living closer to that except for the fact that they've got the sour cherries versus more sweet um yeah. but i'm just getting none of the like those cola tastes really there's like just a bit of a rootiness uh in in the nose and, and the beginning of the day taste i suspect i'll absent-mindedly keep drinking this as if it was a cola or it'll <laughs> okay. last for a long time because i'm just not feeling it unfortunately mm. and it's not a taste that i want to like take huge mouthfuls of but yeah, so we'll see how it, how it, and maybe maybe it'll develop more as we go on. Um, yeah. But that's sort of where I'm at with that one. Um, somehow I've spilt on my desk, even though I just cleaned it after the electricians <laughs> well, were in. There we go. 
Oh, it's not even the thing I'm drinking. I don't know where this came from. <laughs> leak. Is that? Hold on a second. Is my keyboard making marks? No. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um. Your right. Keyboard is uh, peeing on your desk. Hmm. So speaking of peeing on my desk, oh, the cat is sulking. I don't think you can, you can kind of see him. Yeah. He's sulking see. at the there door. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> right. So that's beers for a bit. Um. Sounds like hopefully round two is a little more enthusing for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, although. Yeah. Um, so, what you got to tell us about games this week, Lucy? Uh, I've been playing some games, but they're um, still under embargo until next week, so I can't talk about those. Um, Pokemon Snap. I picked that up. Mm, um, good. Actually, I've been really interested in that game. I listened to the besties on it, and that made me more intrigued. I never played... Did you play the N64 game? Yeah, literally like last year. Oh, um, handy. It's yeah, because I think it was after after they announced the new Pokemon Snap. So I was like, you know, I was intrigued. It's like, why does everybody like it? And, and there is something very quaint about it. I mean, you like photography, so I don't know how much, if any, you know, um, fondness you have for Pokemon. That's like, uh, yeah. before my time, he says. <laughs> Old man, grey beard. <laughs> um, yeah, the thing is that I've only played yellow um, as a kid, so I have I have fondness for that. I have nostalgia for, for, for not even Pokemon itself. Just I guess when I'm playing Pokemon Snap and you know going back to the N64 game, I think it was just like oh, I remember a Bulbasaur. I remember a Pikachu or whatever, or um, and this game. I don't know how many Pokemon they've been since. Probably seven thousand. Uh, obviously, they're not all in the game because that would be insane. Um, but it, even though I have no knowledge of some of the, like probably let's say seventy-five percent of these Pokemon, probably it's still it's still uh, nice when an old Pokemon that I know pops up. And the way that you are moving through these environments on basically it's on rails on this um pretty much it's it's like a it's like a theme park ride um like so rails. you're literally on rails yeah um it it is nice to see like oh how these Pokemon interact with the environment and this obviously would have been way more um you know surprising and unique and novel back in. 1999 or whenever the first game came out because it's like Pokemon had not been done in a 3D space. Maybe there was Pokemon Stadium. I didn't. I don't know. But anyway, just like seeing Pokemon interact with each other and seeing them out, you know, literally in the wild. But I think like the most recent Pokemon's they they've done like a you know um, semi semi ish open world uh, landscape where it's like yes, you see Pokemon walking out in the wild. So. It's obviously not as novel for for people who are coming into who who have been Pokemon fans for twenty five odd years, but um, it, it's still nice for me, and I, I think it's just a you know a really colourful, good looking game. Um, less good looking when you're playing it on a fifty five inch screen TV. So I've been playing it mostly handheld. Ah, interesting. Um, and you're just talking about because is your now is that screen a ten eighty or a four K? 
Oh, my my, my TV's 4K. Yeah, because so, yeah. I mean, my I mean, in front of me is my TV that's 4K. It's only 49 inches or something. I don't know, 40 something. But I'm like, you know, barely. Yeah. Like I can, I if if I lean back, I can't touch it when I extend my arm. But yeah. otherwise, you know. And so when I play Switch games, it's clear that it's not great. But like one of the reasons I really mm -hmm. respected like Hades is it scaled really well. So although you could tell, like yeah. it, I mean, it's like the signal disparity is just what it is like the pixels just aren't there but like the art style really lent itself to yeah. scaling up and not feeling pixelated in the places it's not supposed to probably yeah. probably because of the outlines yeah. but you're saying not so much with this i i think it it does it does have that art style where it it does scale well and you know they're not going for you know full full realism or anything the the part where I noticed it the most is after you've taken your photos and you're basically you know getting them judged by I think he's called Professor Mirror in this one but um uh, when you're getting them judged by Professor Mirror when you see like the the Polaroids they do look like really hazy <laughs> they look they mm. look very you know they look more pixelated so it's just like oh it's like you're covering your eyes a bit at that point, but the rest of the game, it's fine to play on a TV, you know? It's just one of those where it's like, you know what, I, I enjoy just sitting back, relaxing, or being in bed and playing it, because it is a relaxing, like, very low-impact kind of... It's a puzzle game. Right. Because um, in this one, um, they have these different... have these different levels. It's basically stars. You get a, one to four stars. And like one star is just like taking a normal portrait of Bulbasaur, but a two star portrait is like getting him, you know, getting a photo of him when he's eating. Right. And a three star one is like, oh, he's doing some some weird backflip or something like that. And four is when they're procreating, yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's different there's different levels, and it's. I think my only gripe with this game so far is the fact that in the first game, well, the only other game, you got like this thing where you could speed up. You could speed up your, you know, the ride that you're in and go through the levels quicker. So it's like, I only need like one more picture of All right, uh, you can't go backwards. to complete my album. No, you can, you can like rotate your camera around. So it's like, oh, I just missed, um, you know, Pikachu yeah. there. Um, and I've already gone past him. You can turn around. But you can't like, like pause the car. No, no, nah, you can't pause the car. It's like it's like in Jurassic Park. You can't pause the car. Um, well, and, until the out. car gets knocked off the rails, <laughs> and then you stay there forever. Yes, by by a Charizard. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but uh, you can't. I I don't know if if they have like the the, the turbo nitro speed in this one. I think they might. I hope they do, but I just haven't unlocked that yet huh. because um, the game opens up gradually over time. The more more you play, because each like course has like has a night and day, and you can level up each like uh, run that you go on. So level two is going to be the, there's going to be more Pokemon. They're going to be doing different things. They're going to be in different poses and animations and you know, interactions, so it's like you're leveling those up, you're getting all your four-star, uh, one-to-four-star photos, 
and you're having these uh, every now and then. Um, it's like, oh, you can now throw an apple, or whatever they call it in this game, fluffy fruit. Um, you can throw one of those at the Pokemon. It's fun just to like <laughs> just throw them right in their face and watch them like uh, get stunned a bit, or um, you get an apple, then you can like play some music. See if the you know the music, you know, gets them to sing back or something. Um, so there's different different things that you unlock over time that help you interact with the Pokemon and make them do different things. I want that turbo <laughs> because I just want to be able to like, you know, go through the level at my speed. It's like I I've. I don't mind replaying the level. I think I think it's fun just seeing the minor changes each time you go through it to through the same level on a di you know on a different level of experience where it's like the Pokemon become more comfortable in your oh okay surroundings. That that's the idea of it. It's like okay, there's more Pokemon on level three because it's like they've become more comfortable to you being there. Um, so yeah, I just really want a lot of that turbo. Um, I mean, that sounds really kind of frustrating and like i said uh, uh, from what i've heard about this these games that's one of the things that people sort of lament or whatever is the yeah. <laughs> um is the like the on rails and they're like hey, hey in order to get progress you need to get this type of photo and mm -hmm. sort of the thing that makes me question whether i would want it outside of the fact that i give two shits about pokemon um, yeah. I mean, which isn't a big deal. Like, I like I could I would yeah, I would yeah. play a Pokemon game if it seemed cool, and like photography game mm -hmm. seems good, but also, uh, so yeah. So one of these things is like progression is sort of get based on these are the these kind of strict notions of what makes a good photo, and that's mostly not about composition so much as capturing certain yeah, activities. Them. It's, it's getting them. them dead center, yeah. them looking at you, and yeah, it's the certain activities. It's not, you know, it's it, it's it's getting graded by an AI at the end of yeah, the day. Exactly, so it's yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, they they don't have an eye for art. Or I mean, yet, it is. Um, <laughs> true. But like, you know, and, and so like, you know, that going in, if you didn't, I, like, mm -hmm. you just need to know, like, this is just common sense. It's not. It's your your favorite photos in this game won't be the highest graded ones probably right but that's okay mm. and like i like the repetition because it lets you potentially find places to take the photos you want to take and yeah the game is still a game and these types of ais don't exist such that it's going to evaluate well and so it makes sense like center do you see thing doing yeah. thing cool right and i'm fine with those being a little artificial and against what you might want to do fine right but then if you're forced to like repeat a 10 minute run to catch a bulbasaur or whatever and they can't even pause yeah. like to me actually like it's like so even if yeah you can pause the game you just can't stop yeah the, sorry that's what i mean the, i mean they the pause thing. the yeah. the movement because like as a i kind of wish it was more like a wildlife photography where you sit in one spot and you wait for the uh, right moment maybe, maybe uh well but mostly, I just think I was going to say Alba um, uh, on iOS. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, ben played it. I, I've played it. It's 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 an enjoyable three four hours. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a photo. It's like you know, baby's first bird watching thing, and it's it's not it's not 
photography. Yeah, I mean, so I guess it would be nice if they... I get that they're making a game that is doing this, but it would be nice if it had the flexibility to... Like, for example, it's giving you these photography tools, and just because... Like I said, your favorite photo might not be one that's rated well, but it, it feels mm-hmm. like there's an artificial wall in being able to take your favorite photo. Wouldn't it be great if you just saw, like you have five points in Bulbasaur, but you saw them and you're like, stop the tracks, take the picture. Or like, <laughs> oh, I, it's my favorite Pokemon. I already have the three-star or four-star yeah. version. But given that I have to do this loop anyway, I want to stop and watch these ones and try and get something that I like, like which yeah. would be acknowledging... Yeah the gap between what someone might personally find aesthetically pleasing and what the game will determine and giving them the tools to do both. And it feels like yeah. there's a missed opportunity here just in the, the the continuous locomotion because like actually as a photographer, it's rare that I just, yeah, like moving car shot. Like mm. I, I get what you're saying, but I think that would be a completely different game. That's fair. I think th- this is... This is a photography game last. It's a Pokemon nostalgia and puzzle game first. Photography is usually... It comes second fiddle. You can save, like, your your favourite photos that you got from that run, and you can alter them afterwards. I don't know how robust the, the editing tools are afterwards, but you can save them, edit them, upload them online if you wish. But I think it would be... a a different game because I think it would lose some of its, uh, it would lose some of its whimsy. It'd lose some of its, you know, if 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 you could just like get out and see this Bulbasaur on this very, you know, um, typical path. It's like it's like playing like a stealth game and you see the guards doing the same loop every single time. Whereas something like I don't know, The Last of Us or something, they're a bit more dynamic. This isn't the kind of game that would, you know. I'm sure the budget was high for it or whatever, but and it's a well-made game, but it, it isn't one of those where it's like, let's have everything be dynamic. So getting out of the Neo One, your car, I think that would break some of the, that, you know, uh, fantasy, and it's like, it'd be like sneak behind the curtain, but <laughs> there's not really much there. It's if it, it doesn't have that going for it. So as I say, I think. If you're going into it, either love Pokemon or just want to, you know, a, a, like a pseudo idol game, game kind just, of like. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I like about it. It's like I can just snap some pictures of Pokemon whilst listening to a podcast if I want to, and it's nice seeing the different changes. I think, I think it is a very, uh, you know, as you say, idle game. You're not going to be, you know, swept off your feet with excitement, and it's going to know that it is like a tiny bit of you know, it's, it's gated right. between when you can progress. Some, but the first game, it was like four hours long, so I understand that. I don't know how long this game is, but I've been playing it for a good, you know, at least 15 hours, I'd say. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, this yeah, is just, remarkably just because I, Yeah, just because it's like, I, I don't mind going on the same course <laughs> on different levels, like, several times, because... I have that patience. Sometimes, some games I just wouldn't have the patience for that, but this one I do because it's just like, yeah, just snapping photos. But um, I think where they've really like um, extended like the the uh, content in this one, they obviously have like more 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 levels and more islands. I don't know how many there are now um, in the game. Um, who knows if there'll be DLC? 
doubt it, but I don't know how many there are, but I think I've done at least like seven different, you know, there's different islands and then it's like, oh, the uh, coastal island or whatever. Well, all islands are coastal, aren't they? <laughs> the beach, where, where there's a nice beach and stuff like that. You can, there's like one level where it's set on the beach and then there's one where you go in, you know, a above um, sea level and it's like you know gliding across water and there's one where it's like a subterranean under the sea oh cool um, on the on the on the sea floor so yeah they switch it up um there's a lot of different pokemon and also you have this list of requests where it's like oh i want to see a you know, a, a, a ponytail doing this. Uh, I don't know if ponytail's in the game. I don't know. Just pulling random Pokemon out of my arms, I mean, you could have um, said <laughs> generic set of syllables. I'd be like, aha, one of them. Yeah. I mean, some of them generally are. Some of these other Pokemon that I'm just like... <laughs> there's a, there's a, I think there's an art to making their name sound so stupid <laughs> and generic, but I bet there's been so much thought and care going into it. But I, I think I think it's just like a running joke. Like there's literally a bag of trash called Trubbish. Oh, that's pretty good. Like... See, I would be like yeah. Vacuum Rex, and I think that's not a good Pokemon name. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there, there's a, there's some more nuance, right? The names are eye rolling in the best way. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's basically a request. It's like, yes, I want I want to see Trubbish farting or something like that, and you you. <laughs> Get you. I get you. And so, so, yeah. so sorry. Can you just to go to the structure of the game? So you've mm-hmm. got a general set of like you go up to the island and you like earn stars, or is it that these request? Sorry, are these requests separate or are these like? Yeah, it's like which, two different is, tracks of earning sort of XP it, or just, doing things. Two tasks. I think. I think uh, doing them it allows you to unlock. Um, like uh, different things that you can put, you know, customize your own photos with. Like, oh, it unlocks, you know, this this picture of, you know, sunglasses, so I can put sunglasses on my Pokemon. Oh, like filters and, st- and stickers and stuff. Yeah, filters. That's the exact word. Um, yeah. So that's what it unlocks. Um, so probably not something I'm going to engage with, uh, with with the rewards because uh, I don't care about actually <laughs> uploading the photos. Yeah, that's true. I don't care about that. Um, but yeah, it just gives you that additional content. But what I don't like is the fact that for, for you to complete the request, you, as far as I know, you have to select that as your favorite photo of the run, and that can then overwrite the you know the photo that you've already got, which is like. Because this this whole star system, each star level has like bronze, silver, gold, platinum. So it's like four star levels and four substar levels. Right? Yeah. And so if if I catch a Trubbish farting, but it's not the best photo, it's not Trubbish wasn't in the center of the frame, or you know there wasn't yeah. other Pokemon around. It's like oh, that may only get me like a one star bronze. Um, you know, uh, evaluation, but I have to select that to log it as a completed request. Oh, that seems like really... It's dumb. Yeah. It's real dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Th- that is that is my one big... That is my one gripe with the game. It's like, 
I, as soon as I take that photo, it should just be like request completed. Yeah. Or, or here's a separate album of of the stuff that you. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, with, you'd yeah. think that like it'd be like here's your star level shots. You say this is my best shot, and then in your album, you're like, just go to requests. Hey, I have one yeah. of those. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's annoying because it's like. On that same run, you might have fulfilled that request, but then you almost might might get a four star platinum thing nice. in the same run, and you can only choose one that can be graded. Right. It's like, do I choose between the request one or this really, uh, you know, platinum oh, yeah, like, exclusive photo? Like something I think <laughs> will be hard to replicate. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that seems needlessly introducing grind between the two. Rather than yeah. having the two sort of ways of doing it, which is like, get your, according to the AI, perfect shot and mm-hmm. help people out. It's like, oh, cool. I could do either. It's like, oh, no, actually, you can't do either. Uh, yeah. And I think that would be alleviated if, like, the turbo, I hope it's in there, if the turbo's in there. And if if it is, if it was unlocked quicker, it's got to be in there. i got, I got to Google this, because otherwise... Yeah, I was just going to Google it as well. Pokemon Snap. Yeah. Switch. Because it has all the other things that were in the first game, like the apples and playing the music and um, just doing like a sonar thing. Aha, uh-huh, I found it. Hmm? Does it have it? It does have it. Can be unlocked after doing the first four Illumina spots and unlocking the Shiver Snowfields level. Oh, okay. I've only just got to one where it's like a, like a forest. It's like the it's like the um, lost woods in Zelda. Mm. Things foggy there. So, just got that. That so maybe I'm only a little away. So, this, but that's exciting to know that there's more levels after the one that I'm on. So. Um, but but also I think yeah. your your point before we looked this up is is very big uh, important, which is why do you have to wait? Like, I feel like things yeah. like like that seems pretty mm. rudimentary, given that it's a looping mechanic. That like, do the tutorial maybe one level yeah. and then give me the option of controlling my speed because I'm going to be yes, inter- that, that's yeah. a quality of life thing post grind, and you're already giving me the yeah, grind. Yeah. So once you give me the grind, give me the quality of life. Like that's like just a good, be nice to your uh, customer game design philosophy, right? Rather than I agree, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised it, it takes that long. I, I don't understand the reasoning for that. I think it's exacerbated in my case because I have just been going and doing each level like four or five yeah, times. Yeah, it feels like for you're... For no particular reason. Well, it feels like you're kind of doing it the way that like IO wants people to do Hitman levels, which is like play in this playground until you're bored, then right. go to the next one, right? And it feels like you're... That's a really good analogy. Yeah, and, and, and I have a problem. Yeah, I was like, I wasn't going to say. I mean, it might be because boy, do you like the Hitman games. But I mean, I think that should be. It, it sucks that you're kind of without knowing it, they're discouraging mm-hmm. this style of play, which is actually enjoy mm-hmm. as much of this game as you can rather than racing through. Yeah, but I th- I think a lot of people. I don't think it you know opens up at a snail pace. I think because usually after you've done a run like twice, and there's always on the second run, you are always finding different things, either because you've leveled it up a bit, or because it's just like, no, we're going to throw new things at you. 
and then literally after you've done a level once or twice it's you, you go back and then professor mirror is like oh i've got something to report we found another island we found another location so i do think i do think it opens up at a, at a decent pace if you're playing that way which i imagine most people will play that way um right so 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 i think it i think it's perfectly acceptable the the pace that it's going and it's like you don't want to just I understand why they wouldn't just want to, like, here you go, here's a free-for-all, here are all the levels, because someone will pay, play through all of them and maybe just, like, not get the nuance of, like, okay, you're going to have to do other things on each mm. level to evoke the Pokemon to a state where the, the photos are going to be better. So, yeah, I understand why they, they dole it out like that. I don't think it's that slow. I think... If you went from like A to B, the speed run of it, mm. it wouldn't be that long. It'd probably be like a what well, a run is say like ten minutes max. Right. I think it's like more to like five minutes. So you know, people would be upset if it was like I got to the last level in half an hour. What do I do now? So yeah, I guess maybe it's mm. just I. I think I just. Having never played the game, but just the the philosophy of being on rails and taking photos just really hurts my brain. So, I, like, yeah, I, I like it. I, it's like being on a ride on a theme park ride. Yeah, and that that's what I like. I, I say it's, well, it's the whimsy of that. I guess that, so. So I guess going with that, it's like okay, I get that we have to be moving, but then it seems like. The 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 grind. The Pokemon will eat you if you get out your car. Right, but like the grind that that that, that introduces <laughs> is I missed it or didn't get a good shot of this thing, and my checklist says thrill. this like, thing is I'm gonna, the thing. I need to see it again. I I need to go back and and be in that moment and get the picture yeah. at the right time. And so I think probably it's like what they want out of the loop is, well, then you, by going at it sort of on the default pace you will see other things mm -hmm. and maybe get better shots or shots you like on the way so maybe that's why they're like until we're in the mid to late game i don't want you to fast forward because mm -hmm. i can trust you as a gamer who's gone through it yeah to know the usefulness of not just fast forwarding each loop because you've had to not fast forward so this is me changing my tune um, I can see the, <laughs> well, like I, I can see the rationale. It's just, uh, I, I, I don't know if the rationale is carried through and obviously I've never played the game, mm -hmm. but like, I could, yeah. like, I can see the tension between, um, a quality of life improvement and making sure that people get to enjoy what you think is the good parts of the game, which I think is just mm -hmm. being as you're playing it, right? It was just essentially being on the ride and looking around. And when you see something cool, taking the picture and like, actually, if there were no requirements and you just were given the, the, the islands and the rails, you would have emergent gameplay of looking for good pictures. But most people wouldn't mm. buy the game that's like, hey, there's a track <laughs> and some Pokemon and a camera. Yeah, Go have yeah. fun. But actually, that's like, that would be the best wrapping for me. And I know immediately that that's mm -hmm. not saleable. So maybe yeah. all my critiques, <laughs> here's the grain of salt. Like, Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I completely understand that because you like your photography. So th this is very much an on-rails puzzle game. Like, you may get the same, you know, thrill out of it as you would just like any arcade light gun game. Yeah. It's just on-rails and that's it. But, um... It, oh, a light gun I, Pokemon I hate saying game. this because it's... Yeah, <laughs> I hate saying this because it's like, 
oh, you just don't get it, man. But it's like, it, it is something that you have to play and experience to understand, like, the quaintness of it and, like, the... the it's, it's a strange thing, because I was just like, I didn't have any feelings towards Pokemon Snap before I played the first one. I was just like, that's the game people liked. Never thought of why people liked it or whatever, but when you play it, it's like, oh, I get it now. It's, right. it's basically a puzzle game. Like, that no. thank you. By you <laughs> saying that, I, I get exactly why the way I need to like rewire my brain with respect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean... It's it's understandable to think that yes, Pokemon Snap it's a photography game because <laughs> it's like yes, that's the easiest analog, but it's kind of not. It's kind of a that's slow just the yeah, that's the that's game. the vector of the puzzle being presented, not mm-hmm. the yeah. type of game it is. That make I mean that makes sense to mm-hmm. me. Um, cool. Yeah, because it, it's got stuff like it where it's like okay, someone's got a request where Arbok and Venusaur fight, and it's like Arbok's on this track. And if you leave him alone, he'll do this. But if I, like, uh, you know, first of all, lure him away from this other Pokemon and then throw an apple over there and keep bringing him towards, like, Venusaur, then I get that snap of them fighting. So it's... As I say, it's it's a puzzle game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so that's but, the bit I missed was the, 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 mm-hmm. the luring, the moving, the interactions. Because I think yeah. the problem is it sounds like like a... Like an actual Jurassic Park theme park, uh, theme park ride, like you'd have at Universal or whatever. I can't remember if yeah. that's the right studio. Like not the fictional Jurassic Park rides, but the ones you find in the real world, which is just like mm-hmm. robots doing this and you and and like no interactivity. Like you are just watching them do their set pieces. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the bit I was missing from even like yeah. other places I've described it is that like. You're interacting with the world and changing the loops. Yeah, um, which... yeah, because you can just leave them alone mm. and just take photos of that, but you're not going to get the the more dynamic photos where it's like they're they're doing this, they're they're chasing each other, they're doing that, and it's like yeah, so yeah, so it's 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 a puzzle game. <laughs> I mean that I mean that makes so much sense as soon as you said yeah. that that and now I'm I'm a lot more interested in it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, like then it's a, it's like each loop you you can be potentially if you're like maximizing your experimentation. Like first couple loops you have no good photos, but you're learning how to m- interact with whatever various Pokemon you're supposed yeah. to. And then by yeah. the end of it, you you know you can take multiple good photos at once potentially. Like that seems like a cool way of doing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and every run there's something new, whereas in the first game, like, the scope is obviously a lot smaller. Uh, you would be repeating runs and seeing the same Pokemon, whereas this, you, there's always an extra new Pokemon or uh, Pokemon doing something different. So having that, as, as convoluted as, as it seems at first, having that level system, it does open up more things, so... I mean, and and sometimes yeah. it can be frustrating if you're throwing an apple and you're whistling at this Pokemon and it's it's just not reacting to you, and that maybe because you know the four star photo is inevitably on a higher level. Wait, but sorry, could you? It's like there's enough. To, yeah, yeah. Repeat that. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I I don't know what you mean by the four star level is on mm-hmm. a four star photos on a level, but maybe I'm just not understanding the leveling up mechanic. Yeah, it's 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 a bit convoluted. It took me a while. So, each time you go through one of the one of the levels, 
you have an experience level, just like you know any RPG or whatever. Yeah. And as you go through the level and take photos, you gain experience points. And then those experience points, it basically goes from level one. It means on this particular route, you're gonna go. You're gonna have level one, level two, level three, so on. I don't yeah. know if there's anything after level three. Level one is basically the Pokemon aren't doing much. You know, no matter what you do, no matter how many apples you throw at them, no matter how much you whistle to them. But on level two of that same route, Pokemon have become more accustomed to you, apparently. And they'll start loosening up and start procreating there on the screen or whatever. And then <laughs> so on and so forth. So, as I say, there's a, the leveling system can be a bit confusing at the start, but then right. you get it after a right. while. Right, so, so but, um, it's like a certain puzzles are, um, are gated away. Yes. To, to keep the puzzle mechanics, Absolutely. right? You, you cannot yeah. solve this puzzle, which is a four-star photo of this thing, because yeah. to get it to interact in front of you, you have to have played enough of this island or this rap. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. So, so, so in that, it, it, I, I guess it can be frustrating. It's like, I just want, you know, this Pokemon to do this four-star thing, and it may not be possible if I'm on this level. Right. Um, so I can see why that would, you know, annoy people. But you can you can change whichever level you you know on the on the route. You can be like, I want to play it as a level one or level oh. two or level three. Once you've unlocked yeah. those, of course. So what would be the benefit say, there's, of there's enough playing at a lower level? Because it's kind of like because this is where a bit of the a bit of the 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 draw of the game gets a little lost because sometimes you do have to drop it to a lower, lower level because in that level, uh, say if I want to fulfill a request, Sandshrew was on this, on this, you know, was here on level two, but Sandshrew's all in my face on level three, whereas I want to get Sandshrew whilst he's in his little den and he's a bit further away. So it's like... Oh, right. It's I think if you want to... Yeah. So I think if you want to be a completionist and get all the requests and stuff like that. And there's no reason you have to. It's just as wow. a pure completionist thing. It's like I've been through a level and I've got like most of the photos, like the stars on the one level. So it's as I say, it's just a completionist thing. If you want to complete your photo album, if you want to do the requests, it's uh, that's why I'm saying it's a lot of content. Which is nice because the first Pokemon Snap was very short. It was like four hours. It was an afternoon. Whereas I've got mo much more content out of this one. So fair. I mean, that makes mm -hmm. that. It sounds quite intriguing, and it sounds like you can sort of take as little as you or as mo more as much as yeah. you want from it. Yeah, I think I think that's the key thing. Like. Play it to your heart's content, or pick it up for four hours if you want, and just leave it there. Now, so. is this a full-priced game, or is this a Nintendo partial it's price? Fifty pounds, £50, which is, it's I guess, Nintendo, or is it was it six? I don't know. I think sixty is the Nintendo standard. I got it for my birthday, so oh. I bought it with Nintendo vouchers. So. Fair enough. Oh no, much it was. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have bought it myself. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think that's sort of a lot of people's, yeah. like, if they didn't play the N64 version, a lot of people are just like, ah, maybe? Yeah, this would have been something I'd wait for a sale on, just because 
you know, it's not the most, you know, exciting of games. It's not like a new Mario or a Zelda. It's not that kind of tier, but it's very enjoyable. It's very low impact. It's just, it, it, it's. I played it for like you know five hours straight one day. So it was oh, like, I mean that's a it, it grabbed quote. me enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was gonna say it's it's also like just not one of those zeitgeisty games, like where where no. where Twitter sphere media games media etc are not like busting up wanting to talk about it. So it's yeah, it's again yeah. well, much well, easier right, to put the pause on these yeah. types of games, right? Yeah, and as I say, I think it's because just the time we're in, like, seeing Pokemon out in the wild, it's not novel anymore. The games are like that now. Seeing Pokemon rendered in 3D and, you know, we're past that. It's no longer 1999, so. Right. But I still find it quaint and enjoyable. I mean, that sounds great. That sounds like it's perfect Mm -hmm. for you. For me, (laughs) like I said before, it's just like, oh, I don't... I don't pocket monsters, so like, hmm. if it's yeah, and I don't know what half of these stupid pocket monsters are. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what Trevish is. I, I learned <laughs> that there's a thing called a Raiju, which comes from a Pikachu, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Chew. Um, but that yeah, but then Pikachu doesn't want to evolve for ages, and then you say no, Pikachu, you evolve, <laughs> and then you realize like, Raichu's not the best one anyway, so let me just get rid of. Pikachu and Raichu out of my team. And you get rid of them by what? Sacrificing them on an altar? Of course, yeah. Yeah, good. Harvest their organs. Mm, yes, of course. Lightning heart. <laughs> and then you feed that to your Charmander and then you make fire lightning. I know Pikachu. <laughs> I mean, pocket monsters, whatever we call these mm. things. Yeah. yeah. But but it has got me thinking like, oh, will, will, will I want to? Like, know who these new Pokemon are, or new than the ones I don't know, outside of the original 150 or whatever. Mm. Should I look at, into that, um, I don't even know which game they're remaking and bringing to the Switch today, but it's like, it's all part of the big Pokemon machine. Yeah. You know, it's just, this is like free advertising, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I um, mean, it, it's also yeah. a great way for them to keep people into pokemon sort of mm-hmm. throughout the the years and time between games right yeah makes sense and to me the original pokemon had the development is is a fascinating story so um i think i watched like a video on minmax where uh, because i think there was a book that came out about iwata's you know um history and I think using that um, and just other research, um, guy from Minmax, he, 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 I think it's like what a ten-minute video on just like the development of Pokemon Snap, and it just hmm. it's interesting. I'll have to take a look. Shan't go into it here, but yeah, it's it's, it's weird. I mean, that sounds like Pocket Monsters to me. Yeah, they are weird. Yeah. Uh, any other games you've been playing, or is that the main non-embargoed? Uh, that's the main one. I I do want to shout out. Um, some other games that I played. Uh, I've actually, I think I started it. Was it yesterday? What is time? Um, I just saw on like like PC Gamer and a few other things where it's like, oh, there's this um, point and click adventure that's completely made out of paper, um, and it's called Papatura. P A P E T U R A. 
I think I'm basically at the end of it. It's only about two hours long, but it took, I think it took this guy, what, six years to make it? Oh, wow. And it's got this, um, yeah, it's, 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 everything's made out of paper <laughs> in the game, and it's insane, and I've, well, I'll be, I've, I've been mashing F12 uh, whilst playing this game, just taking screenshots, because mm. it's really, wow, it's really pretty. impressive. Yeah. It's it, it, it's ridiculous, and it, it, just read about it, and then was like, oh, let me go to the Steam store and have a look. Just reading the reviews, all very positive at the moment, but I think the the review that I saw when they said, oh, it's like uh, Machinarium meets the Neverhood, and I was just oh, wow. like, um, take my money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely got that kind of like Machinarium vibe where it's like there's no there's no dialogue, there's no words, um, and it's got like the same. Same guy doing the music who does the music for Amanita Design, oh, Floex. Right. So it's got um, you know, weird, you know, really odd, um, it, not quite eccentric, but you know, different soundtrack. But yeah, I've I've enjoyed it. I think I'm right at the end. It only took probably about an hour, hour and or more than that, maybe hour and a half, two hours. Mm. So it is really short, but. I just think when you see something as creative as this, it took the guy six, six, six years to make. It's like, wow, yeah. How should I buy it for like eight pounds? It, you know, just creativity like that has just got to be awarded. Agreed and, <laughs> yeah. and investigated. I mean, mm. that's so cool. It, also, like, if the narrative is good, I mean, this is the the thing I love about point and clicks is that like mm-hmm. you could focus a lot of your time on narrative um, and aesthetics because for the most part the oh, gameplay yes. mechanic is out of the box right that's just not a thing yeah. you need to yeah. spend a lot of time on unless you want to for various reasons but like uh also it's makes it more accessible because it's simple yeah. mechanics and then which means you don't have to concentrate on anything else except the pretty which this seems yeah. excessively. <laughs> yeah. Because you're playing through it and then it's just like, you're just taken aback and just thinking, he made all this, you know. But like everything everything in it is made out of paper. Um, so yeah, just wanted to give that a quick shout out. It's, it's, it's not the best point and click adventure game. It's, it's very rudimentary, not really... There's no like um, inventory, you know, management or... You know, oh, so it's it's much more like navigate the world versus solve puzzles. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not really got. I mean, it's a paper world, and and there's some baddie who's like setting the place on fire. So mm. the story is about you know um, being an arsonist, but yeah, the story isn't deep. But um, as I say, the, 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 this is you know, I wouldn't say style over substance, but it's got a lot of style. So. Right. And- yeah, check that out. And um, the other game that I played, very short game. Also, I'd say very probably took me what three hours, three four hours. It's called Pocket Watch, which is. Are you familiar with Sock Pop and their games? Um, what? Give me. I'm really bad with the uh, studio dev names. No, it's fine. Um, they have a really interesting thing because they they they, I believe, hundred percent funded by Patreon. Oh wow! 
and basically they they put out a new game, like very small, small in scope, small in you know obviously budget and everything. Very small game each month for like Patreon supporters. Oh, I have heard of these. Also, guys. yeah, and they also stick their games on itch, and I think they're starting to bring their games to Steam as well. Um, I bought this on itch, um, and they give you a Steam code as well, so. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll stick it in my Steam library and play on that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's basically a Groundhog Day kind of thing where you wake up on this little mysterious island. You're a duck. Um, I mean, good start there. And basically, <laughs> and basically every loop, uh, the world's going to end at the en- at the end of this day. This isn't going to spoil it. Happens like your first run um, because it's a volcano and it's like, okay. I, I, this duck has to stop rapture and the end of the world. Um, and you basically get this pocket watch. And then it's just, it's, it's basically just a little puzzle game where it's like, okay, on this run, um, because you start off on like this, um, uh, this even smaller island attached from like the main ar- island. It's like a little archipelago. Mm-hmm. And basically the, 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 this, this dog who's like, um, who ferries from? He lives on that little island. He ferries over to the main island, but at the very start of each run, his boat is broken. So, and his toolbox is on like another little island over there. But he's like, can't go over there because uh, <laughs> for some reason this duck can't swim. He's like, well, he can't swim too far without drowning. Mm. But so he's like, oh, we have to wait until high tide until you can just paddle over there. And then get my wrench so I can fix my boat. But when you get the wrench, it's like, oh, it's high tide. The boat is, you know, submerged. So we're going to have to wait till low tide. And so you have to wait till low tide. Fix the boat. You go over to the main island. And it's like, oh, wait. um, It's already like 6 p.m. The world's going to end at 11 p.m. And so (laughs) when you get the pocket watch, it like, Rewinds back time to the start of the day. And then you start learning, like interacting with the different townspeople and getting different items. So it's like in like run five, you don't need to fix the dog's boat because you found another way to get ah, to, the, so, so to the main. It's still island. resetting. There's no carry through except information. Um, it, You actually keep your items. Oh, um, okay, okay. Things that you've accrued. Um, which so yes, yeah, so I don't know how this space time continuum yeah, it's, works. It's, it's rogue light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a really clever puzzle game. It's like what less than three pounds, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, cool. It, it's clever, and the, the arts, you know, sock pop make games with like really nice, cute art. Yeah, as cute well, is so. a very good term for it. Yeah, um, cute and colorful. So neat. I'm definitely gonna check that out. That sounds. Right up my alley. I like. Yeah, yeah. I like I when the gameplay like loop is an actual space time loop. Yeah. <laughs> like, like when games explain the. Like, so that's one of the reasons why I really liked Hades as a roguelike, for example, mm-hmm. because the loops made sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, versus, you know, um, you're in this world. Oh, you died. Well, now you're still in this world. And it's like, but, but, what? Meh? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, cool. Yeah, it's good because um, like your progression isn't 
uh, gated by how good you are at the game, like in from software games, for example, it's it's gated about how much you learn about the world and your knowledge of it, sort of like Gone Home and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, and yeah. it's like an epistemic game loop rather than a skill game loop. Absolutely, very what cool. a wonderful way of putting that. Ah, uh, it sounds like up yeah. my wheelhouse. Also, it's really cute. Yes, very also, cute. what? Oh, this must be a trailer for all their other games because I was seeing a lot of scenes yeah. that didn't make sense on the Steam page. Yeah, but I haven't dipped too much into their library of games, but I, I also recommend a game called Pear Quest, which is sort of... It's like a one-screen adventure game, which is hmm. real cool. It's like one bit black-and-white art, sort of like in Hidden Folks, and it's it, the whole adventure. Right. Like, Probably about an hour long. Takes place on that one screen. It's very zoomed out and uh, small, like say hidden folks. But yeah, excellent. Sock pop. Go check them out. Go check out their whole suite of games. I will definitely do that. Uh, are you? How are you for beer? Just finished, so could do it for another. Excellent. Let's let's crack in to beer number two. Uh, yep. Why don't you go first again? All right. All right. This is from Twoll. And I've actually been waiting uh, to have this on a podcast for a few weeks, so very excited. It is... Ooh. Oh, I like this name. It's called Red Sky at Night Brewer's Delight. Ooh. It's an imperial red ale. Mm. And it's a collaboration with our friends from Slowburn Brewing Company. No, co-op, sorry. <laughs> Yep, brewed in Copenhagen in Denmark. Uh, 7.4%. Sorry, you cut out there. How Nothing many percent? 7.4. Mm. Uh, yeah, no flavor text. No mention of hops. No, 7.4% red ale. Imperial red ale. Nice. Uh, what's that tin look like? Uh... It's like a overexposed camera shot. It's like it's like my pictures in like Pokemon Snap, <laughs> where it's like my thumbs over it, uh, over the camera. Oh man, a camera game where you had to like make sure your hand wasn't. Oh, that'd be <laughs> yeah. so utterly pointless but hilarious. <laughs> have you have you looked into like Umurangi Generation? No. Uh, have a look at that. After after we record, because that's a photography game and it's got looks interesting. Um, that's definitely more photography focused. Cool. Um, might be up your alley. I have I have opened the tab and done the search. Um, I'm drinking the Looper Full Circle Brewing Company's mm, okay. Looper. It's a six point four percent IPA, soft and juicy with zesty sweet lemon and lime. Hugely drinkable, hop to the eyes, bitterness takes a backseat to gentle grapefruit. It is a 440ml can, uh, and it is a 6.4%. Um, nice. That's, I mean, also, I, I basically, I got it because I just love this um, can art. I mean, also, it's been a while yeah, since I've had a full circle. But, like, not only is it this lovely color blocking, but, like, with the slash... Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the circle being completed by their logo, but I think you can see in the reflection that the orange is actually embossed with like shiny bits. Now you can see. 
Oh, so yeah, there's this yeah, pattern yeah, yeah. in the orange. So it looks like this really mm -hmm. just just color blocks, but actually there is yeah, like so much it. nuance on the one while the like the beige is just flat. It's just I appreciate good graphic design. <laughs> yeah. That is like classic is it like Bauhaus like kind of looking art. Oh, don't stop stop pouring on camera, Dill, you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while my, while my um, ama amazing poor uh, mm. head calms down a bit, um, <laughs> why, don't, why don't you tell me about your beer? Oh, I love that color. Yeah. It looks like a red ale. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's a lot darker. I was going to say, um, I get the imperial kind of, just by the looks. Mm. <laughs> it's, yeah, it looks like a like Belgian double um, on, on camera, but no, it's a bit lighter. Um, here, slightly more reddish mm. um, than just like almost dark brown. Smell wise, hmm, I'm guessing. Uh, I guess I'm getting like a little bit of cinnamon on the nose. Oh. It's a bit. It's a bit funky. It's a bit farty on the smell though. So I haven't got a great smell, but I think I'm getting a little bit of cinnamon. We should, if only it was on a. There. Trash canners or whatever you call them. Trubbish, trubbish. <laughs> you can take a picture. Yeah, it's a really good looking beer. Mm. Like, that color and yeah, slightly off white, uh, one finger head, quite bubbly. Oh, I like That's that look nice. on your face. I think it's because I haven't had a red ale in so long. Hmm. <laughs> And like some, some red ales, it's like, uh, you know, have have a bit too much maltiness, a bit too, sometimes they're a bit too like, um, a bit too carbonated, a bit too gassy. Whereas this, it, it, it it's very soft. It's it's like there's hardly any carbonation. There's like a few bubbles in it. Oh, that's interesting. I would have thought it'd be a little more carbonated just because of that uh, the, the head, but it... yeah, but. It's not, but that's not to its detriment, because you're still getting like an, you're getting a nice maltiness, but it's not overpowering, and you're getting a bit of earthiness, but you're also getting like a slight bit of fruitiness as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a slight bit of fruitiness, like. Like almost cherry, but not in like your cherry cola kind of <laughs> thing. Like, like, um, yeah, just yeah, like red berries. So you're getting that, and you're still getting like it's nice and bitter at the end as well. Not 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 extremely bitter, but you're getting that nice, uh, the nice maltiness, the nice, you know, the bitterness, the earthiness. It's got a nice long finish. Right. It isn't like the other beer where it was just, you know, turning into a slightly watery finish on the end. This is, this has got legs and legs. You yeah. say oh, this is good. Yes, this is, this is really, 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 really good. I mean, it's too also, you know, no shit. But it's, oh, I, I, I think I need another can of this. I mean, it's if just that's nice and novel pitch. to have a red ale as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's also it, it just balances those flavors so well. It's good weather for red as well. The like it's been mm, spring, but yeah. it's an off and on. I don't know if it's like this in Birmingham, but like 
big oh, patches God, of yeah. sun and a lot of rain and some patches of sun like that's i think that's a really good spot for like yeah. you know you're not you're in the cold ish but it's not stout porter weather like it's yeah yeah this is like a perfect you know um late autumn beer yeah which is what it feels like now. <laughs> strange yeah i think yeah. sabotage spring feels a lot like late autumn mm. and i think yeah. that's sort of where we're at yeah. But getting a, getting a little bit bit of the alcohol, so you're definitely feeling that seven point four percent. But um, whereas the other beer felt like quite heavy for a five point five percent, this this doesn't first of all because that smoothness and the lack of carbonation it it, it goes down very smoothly. Mm. Yeah, this is a cracking beer. I kind of tell just based on your first sip. It sounds like the subsequent ones have only uh, raised its esteem. Mm. Yeah. As I say, so well balanced. It's like so light and a bit fruity at the start, and it just tapers into that lovely bitterness, earthiness, maltiness. Oh, excellent! Yeah, very Moorish, very, very, um, very rustic. This is yeah, this is the perfect beer that you want in like autumn. But I'm gonna knock it back now. Good. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> I've got probably the opposite. I've got this hazy, <laughs> light yellow, straw gold colored. Uh, you can still see the head is just clinging to the glass. Mm -hmm. um, on the nose, you're getting uh, uh, that grapefruit, I think the flavor text mentioned, um, but also some citrus oh, and some sweetness. So I want to say it's like a, like a touch of key lime mixed with lemon juice. Like, mm -hmm. So there's a sweet, limey, it's basically lemon and lime, but with like, sweetness yeah. on top. So it's not too tart. I think the tart, it feels like the tartness is coming from that grapefruit flavor, but you can notice the difference mm -hmm. between those just on the nose. And then lightly tropical, like you're thinking like a light hint of passion fruit on the, like that all these citrus flavors are sort of building out of. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, like I said, this, this, this head that still just won't quite quit, um, but is, you know, settled to a finger. Yeah. Yeah, this this looks like a beer. <laughs> oh, it tastes like a beer like, too. Uh, this is oh, good. <laughs> this is a um, an actual spring beer. It's like really light. Um, it's six point four percent. Yeah, could easily be less, way less. Very drinkable, but I mean, you, it's betrayed by just having that viscosity that you can't fake. Mm. So it's like. When you don't pay attention to the viscosity, you're like, oh, this is really light and airy. And um, it's got mm, this, yeah. this again, all that citrus is giving this this zesty feel. It's really, it brings you up. Um, and like, even on the finish, there's a light bitterness, but it's still got that sweetness mm -hmm. as well. Uh, and then, so you just, you can feel like, oh, this is light, this is light beer. You know, it's, it's, it's just a session straight, whatever. <laughs> but actually... It's just really well crafted, and um, even that grapefruitiness isn't that bitter. Everything is like all the the betrayals of a six percent IPA are kind of dialed down just enough that you could not notice if you weren't paying attention. Nice. Um, and yeah. uh, what I really like though is it's got this again light maltiness that's there that is there through the finish and then you have so it finishes kind of sweet and a little malty okay. and it's saying uh -huh. hey this isn't just a, a light frothy juice like this is 
clearly a beer the bitterness is light but there throughout and then it ends kind of malty and a bit of a sweetness but the rest of the flavor is kind of this grapefruit hoppiness and it's just yeah it's really refreshing i can pound through this but at no at no sip didn't doesn't feel like i'm drinking a beer despite the fact yeah. that all of my descriptors are do are saying light and zesty and drinkable and easy and kind of watery feeling like it leaves my my, my palate wet but it's actually like i said mm. it has that viscosity it has that they they haven't leaned too far away from beer Fullness, so that yeah. you can mm-hmm. like the markers are there it's just really easy to drink so it's kind of easy to be like oh yeah it's this is like this could be a session thing like no, no, no it couldn't in these specific ways and that's why it's a beer <laughs> Yeah, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, yeah. it, it could be a session. It just depends how hard you want to go into that session. So. I am. Classic session, the, the Imperial Stout. Any beer is a session beer? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Quadruples are my depends favorite session beers. how that beers. session's going to end. <laughs> um, yeah, so so really no, excellent beer. I, I Again, I think this is like a quintessential spring beer because it's got some boisterousness to it, but it doesn't betray that. It's Like I said, it's it's like soft and zesty uh with sweetness so again that it, mm-hmm. the tartness is like the zestiness even though it's like strong citrus is just sweet enough that you're not distracted or you're not pulled away you're still encouraged to take bigger sips because you d- even though it has these sort of multi um slightly bitter notes they're all like i said taking the back seat so you could just yes yeah uh, it 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 sounds ex- excellent uh, there, Ben, in the in the chat because it is excellent. Um, yeah, great. Uh, so that is, it, is that an IPA? Is that the style? Uh, yes, it is an IPA. Style again? Yeah, just an IPA. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't get enough full uh, full circle. Um, yeah, no, me neither. In my circles. Me. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, but I've enjoyed every beer that I've had from them. Um, yeah, they, they they have had some really decent IPAs from them, so. Mm-hmm. And that one's called Looper? Yeah, Looper. I don't know why. Mm. Maybe they're a big fan of... It's based on that uh, film with... Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Was, it's like Bruce Willis in it. Yep, wow. Yeah. I've never seen that film, so... That's <laughs> pretty good, I like it. I know that's um, true, yeah. Okay, nice. It's basically Pocket Watch from uh, um, Sock Pop, then, maybe. I don't know. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> if the goose yeah. turned into the dog or something. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so um, I just have the one game to talk about this week. So let's barrel okay. through. Uh, and in fact, do you think you watched me play a bit of it? I did, and it was it was quite hard to watch. Like, it, it, I think one of the last streams I watched you play was the um, Size Matters, mm. and I was just enraptured by that, and it was funny and it was brilliant. This one, not so much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's nothing to do with you, and you you made it very entertaining. <laughs> I'll give you that for, for for considering what the subject matter was. So. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this was um The Invisible Hand, which is uh, uh sorry, I, I thought I had Steam open because I was going to read the descriptor because it's a it's like a um how how do you describe it's like this? A, you know like trucking simulator. How like I like to play trucking yeah. simulator, but I'm sure as 
Well, that's the thing. It's like you hear like army vets playing like uh, Call of Duty, and you hear like people who do lorry driving for a living playing truck simulator. I this feels like a simulation game for boring finance people. <laughs> well, I mean, so so this thing. It's called the Invisible Hand, and it is. Mm -hmm. uh, they describe it as want to get rich quick. Welcome to Ferios, where you'll be empowered to pursue wealth and success as a mid-level stockbroker. Your wildest dreams of wealth can come true at the cost of everything else. Uh, and one of the tags is satire, mm. and I think satire is a I'll real just... tough thing to do in games in a way that most people think is easy. Um, but basically, the game opens with. <laughs> Uh, you're in the middle of a tra the market's crashing everything's going wrong and like you're 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 inundated with people talking to you and things on the screen indicating things are crashing and phone calls mm -hmm. coming in and everything's gone wrong and then it reintroduces you as like someone who emerged basically the company you're with was being naughty and you emerged kind of unscathed and you're being interviewed for a new position at this other company um and uh, you spend they're like you have to take the ethics quiz um, for in order to satisfy the trades commission and they're like to pass you need 80% but our PR says we should voluntarily only allow a pass to be 100% and then it gives you a series of like situations of ethical quandaries um but the bottom option is always the obvious one and it's always the bo bottom one it, it, it's it, yeah and this is what Maybe I just didn't get if that was satire, but it's literally what it is in every single place that I've worked for. I work in finance. Every single place I work for, it's always eighty percent. It's always the most obvious question. It's like, yes, I don't sh hurl abuse at my colleague. I'd be nice to them. Of course it is, uh, and it it just it was just too. It was like this is horrible because I do it so many times in real life. Doing no. playing it in a game just would not be enjoyable for me, you know. I mean, and I think they were trying to take the piss in the sense of making it really obvious and always making it the bottom option. <laughs> no, like, but they are really obvious in real yeah, and life. I think so that's, it, was, it was like there was no satire. Yeah, uh, and then I mean, <laughs> it was like, this is what they are. And then each option you have, there's like a line of dialogue from the person giving the quiz, and they're like, "You better be hurry." Um, and I think. That immediately showed me one of the downfalls, which is some of the voice prompts are they read the mm. thing, you hit space bar, it goes away, and some of them are just on screen and they go away. But because the generic format of the game is essentially when you start trading, you're staring mm -hmm. at a, one of four screens and you click to move around the four screens. And at the bottom, you'll get dialogue you, you overhear. Um, but some of that, is, again, is like someone's talking to you and it's part of the plot or whatever, and you have to hit space to proceed. So you, you have to acknowledge it. And some of it just goes away, but it's really quick. And that disconnect, uh -huh. while the whole point of the game is you're being inundated with like a ton of information on your screens, just makes it, gives you, it, it, it's not nice to play because you feel like you're on the back foot in a way I don't think is designed. I think it's just uh -huh. impractical. Um, so you, you, you go through this and you get, and then basically I played three or four days. That's it. And, and the essential loop is, um, you start your, will you be hired? You're an, you're like, uh, an associate and you have to outperform this other guy. 
Troy, I think his name is, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was auto-generated. And I like that it's a first-person game. You walk around the trading floor, but really you just walk to your desk in the morning, sit down, trade, get up, go get coffee or tea, which speeds up or slows down time. Really cool mechanic. Um, Dude, this game is triggering for me. Yeah, and then and then at the end of the day, you get up and you leave, and you never go to your home or whatever, even though you can buy stuff for your home. Uh, which I think is that's like good satire because you your life yeah, is your is, work, yeah. right? But it's not enough, um, and I'll, like it's also just like hammers home how the third person is w literally word window dressing because mm -hmm. you really are just getting to your desk, except for a couple people you could talk to. Most people, you can, there's no way to interact with a lot of objects. You can't talk, and then you're just sitting here. And on day one this guy who's your pal who got you the interview is like, oh, don't worry. We've got a secret insider trading portal that will put on your fourth screen in this communal environment that everyone can see. But don't worry about that. That's not going to factor in. And then it basically tips on how to make sure you win, you, you outperform the other guy. Um, and then sometimes, and the next day you go in and it's like, oh, there isn't those tips. So you'll have to fare by yourself. And you can yeah. overhear t things people are saying inside. You have to like figure out what good tips are because you've got like people who are saying things on one screen and then the news ticker on the screen that sometimes is the cheating screen. And then you're shorting and longing, uh, long holding stocks and it tells you mm -hmm. quickly what those are. And you can, some things are tied to production. So oil is going down well, then the plastic stocks will go down as well, et cetera, et cetera. And like, I also worked in finance. I worked for an investment firm for six months in 2003 when I was training to be an economist and I realized I didn't like this. Um, yeah. And yeah. so I feel your pain. Yeah. Um, but it, the gameplay, like, so I, I've only played an hour and a bit of it, but like the loop was really straightforward because I basically mm -hmm. beat the first guy and then like, you've leveled up. Now this is your competition at the, I was an associate, now I'm an agent or whatever the terms were, right? And then it's like, and I outperformed them on day one. It's like, okay, so I can see that I can level up the buildings I have because they gave me a free condo. Um, but what? yeah, but like <laughs> that'll never go to, but I can lease to people, which I think is part of the satire yeah. because you got a free house, but you're just immediately leasing it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you pay that rent. But, though, but, probably, but it just yeah. seemed like, well, probably. according to you guys, the loop is essentially for X number of days, you have to outperform this person, then you'll get a new person and outperform them. Um, what is interesting is they hard-coded, uh, the second time you use the, 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 the secret information, halfway through the day while you're like watching, you're, you're like waiting to hit the right time to sell, everything just blinks on you and your buddy who introduced you is like, oh, they got wind of this because I was using lobbyists and people got wind of it and it's all gone to hell. So I shorted, like I sold the stocks before you lost too much. Uh, and then you found out that like your rating of being um, people being wary of your public opinion rating went to half. And so okay. then you get a notion of like the loop is create as much money. But if you use the lobbyists and the underground, like under the the shady stuff, people might find out. And then you might get like a, theoretically get fired if your PR level is too low. Which yeah. is interesting. Do inside trading as much as you want. As long as the optics on the outside are oh. good. Uh, but what really frustrated me was like, yeah. it's just too simple. 
Um, yeah, that, that, that was going to be my question. Like, I know you only played for like an hour and a half, but can you see the strategy there? Do you think because it's got you know really positive reviews on Steam? Do you do you think that it is a game which, which it was like you need to dig into the game to really understand its nuances and understand its strategy? Well, I think so. Part of it is that the just like it gives you PTSD. <laughs> or whatever right like <laughs> i have no interest in mastering excuse me mastering these fake investment mechanics um the wolf of wall street yeah right like that's and if you're mm -hmm. calling yourself satire you have to give me more but also it's a really like i think yeah i think it's it's really simple in the sense of even though it didn't do that well you can watch the vod like i i missed the optimal point <laughs> sell, of selling sell, sell. but all like <laughs> but like Especially with coffee and tea, it's like, okay, well, I know that, like, the game has told me for my insider tip that the stock will surge at four. Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating because it's not, like, it's too simple because what would be interesting would be, like, oh, they're going to release their financial info at a press conference at four. Um, like, give the nuance of how insider trading goes yeah. versus just saying, we know it'll, like, there's some dressing on that but, but essentially if you're in the middle of the day you can't read all the things so then it's like okay well close to four i'll just get up get tea and slow down time and then i can really look basically i'm watching the graph and when it starts to do this it might do this a bit but i'll sell somewhere in that squiggle before it plummets right that's the game that's the term for it that's squiggle yeah mathematical uh, term yeah i'm an economist trust me um <laughs> <laughs> in the same way like i so like I, I i was i mean again part of it is like streaming and trying to balance looking for things and and being entertaining but yeah like ben pointed out oh yeah there's definitely a point where you were looking at the chart but distracted and you didn't sell but like that's the loop and like yeah. you can do that loop fairly by like learning who the good tipsters are or you can do it unfairly or probably both because you can't just do the unfairly. Like I can see, like it seems pretty, the, the, the meta loop seems pretty straightforward, which is you can only mm. abuse the insider stuff too, too much, but you have to still outperform this other person. So you have to learn, yeah. like I'm assuming in the next few days, I'll have to learn a bit more of like what good tips and bad tips look like. Also the fact that like they say the tips are based on likes so then the more, okay. so if something is increasing in likes a bunch, I can invest in that tip knowing it's good. That seems to be the way that the game wants me to learn. But also that's mm -hmm. just not how the market works. Um, and like, well, uh, well, you know, I would have said you're absolutely right until like the whole GameSpot and Dogecoin thing came about. But um... Um, yeah, I mean, the other, I guess the other thing is, I, I and I think maybe I'm just expecting too much of this is, um, you buy in lots of tw like basically 25k 75k 50k 100k 250k mm -hmm. like in these arbitrary measures buy this much stock of whatever and then like i get that that makes the maths simpler but like you don't put yes. 250 i have 100k in dark roast coffee and i can't buy more because it needs 250k it's like well that the stock yeah. If the stock is divisible by 100k, you could buy 200k worth of stock. Like, that's... And I, yeah, but like, and I feel like it's... It, you don't invest chunks of money, you buy chunks of stock, and I think it matters, and I, it's just a really weird thing to simplify, when I think part of it is just like... 
read like in the end of the day your like little screens say selling right now will net you this much money so like the they're doing the maths in the background so if i'm buying a hundred thousand stocks for a hundred k or whatever if you just added that little more more information it would just feel a little better but and that might be just with the fact that I know about the thing and I'm viewing it as a simulation yeah, yeah, rather that, than a game. That, that brings me that brings me to my next question though. It's like, who is this game for then? Is it for people who work in finance? Oh, it's or definitely it for... not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I said that because I think it's too simple and it? like it's yeah, and also it, it, so between your like, well. <laughs> reaction right uh and and then my uh because it's been years since i've worked in it so i don't have that visceral reaction but i have the i get the idea like mm -hmm. same with the idea with lobbyists it's like oh yeah some some guy who just joined a firm just has in like 20 lobbyists he can sell send to balquador mm. or whatever they called it to lobby for oh. oil there's fictional place oh. names i'm Right. Yeah, they're fiction names for Ecuador. Right? Yeah, uh, well, I think Ecuador. it's the Balkans and Ecuador together. Oh, right. Yeah. But, like, that that type of thing where it's like you send lobbyists, it's like, look, I think that's actually, yeah, that's pinpointing my, my problem with it is they, you're both simultaneously just a cog in the machine, but also very powerful. Yeah. And, and that's, like, a weird thing to do for stock simulation because mm. on the one hand, they're like, you got to prove your worth. On the other hand, I can... I can choose to influence the, the the state of oil in the world based on my connections, uh, and you're like, yeah. well, no, either I'm just under the thumb of my corporation and having to like earn my keep, which is the like competitive progress bars, or I'm this very influential person, and it, by doing by having mechanically you do both, but also not explaining like having no depth on either, yeah, it yeah. like. The first guy I beat really Seems easily cool. because I just followed yeah. the games. I didn't even follow the game's steps optimally, but there was no way. And then I like walked over and looked over his shoulder on his screens, and he was trading in the millions, and I was trading in the hundreds of thousands. But I beat him on experience, and so I won. And I was like, I don't think this is like, don't show me that he's a better trader by a factor of mm. ten thousand or whatever. Like that doesn't make sense. <sighs> Yeah, it seems like it's caught in between two worlds where it's like, it's not quite a deep strategy game, like, I don't know, like something like Football Manager, when you can get really into the to the minutiae, especially if you can only trade in, like, you know, these, as you say, very arbitrary amounts, and it doesn't seem like where it's like a light-hearted puzzle game that's got the satire, where it's just like... Uh, Okay, this is a very bad analogy, but like, say no more that I played, uh, that I spoke about a few weeks ago, mm. where it's like, is that is essentially a comedy game, not a strategy game, but it seems like, you know, you're trying to lean into that, you know, anti-capitalist satire, but on the other hand, you are trying to have this, or try to strive for like this realistic stock simulator, and it doesn't seem like it. It's like push and pull. It doesn't seem like it's landed somewhere where it's going to find a particular. I don't know who this the yeah, audience is. I, Maybe it seems like it might have found the audience. I just don't know who that is. But I mean, I, I think it's people who want who who want to feel like they know about the stock market. If I'm being really rude, like in the sense of mm -hmm. it's got the bare bones notions of what a short sell is, 
what holding long is, but like you don't buy long except in like that Vin Diesel movie with Giovanni Ribisi, what was it called? Boiler Room, right? Where you were just, they were just spitting out terms, that. right? Like you <laughs> buy a stock and you hold it. That's what being long is. You, but like you short a stock means something very technical. If you're not yeah. shorting the stock, you're buying it. There's no, like, even just like the way they use terminology, it's like you're, it's just, yeah, it's it's loose, I guess, is the thing. Yeah, it doesn't seem like, or it's like, we're just taking from these terms just to make a fun, puzzle, light-hearted puzzle game. Uh, as I say, it seems like it's caught between the two. So it's like, yeah, like people who know about stocks and shares and uh, would they get any enjoyment from this? I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's an interesting one. Um, very, very bizarre. I mean, and the clearly good like a lot of work has been putting into it, but also like, and I think the satire is the, like every day someone seems to be fired and it's put on all the screens. Right. And you're like, it's cutthroat quite like dot, dot, dot. I get yeah. what you're doing, but again, that's that the heavy handedness because I th yeah, I, I was going to say a, a good example of where this was done. Right. It was like in GTA five where you could, people got really into the meta game of the stocks and shares. Right. And it was full of satire because that is that game. And, and it was, was holding over was, time, especially like And there was and there was a benefit, a real world benefit. Obviously this game doesn't have the budget or scope of GTA, but I mean but you essentially you're getting you're buying stocks to get more money to buy a better house and a better car in GTA and stuff, so yeah, yeah. So, so, so I think that's it done well. Whereas this is so I think yeah, that true. that's I think that you've you've reminded me of like the weirdest thing for me, which is so. If I was a person who worked as a broker, I would be buying and selling stocks on behalf of people, and I would be mm -hmm. taking a cut. That's that's the fundamental role of being a broker, and here. It's like you got a pot of money, buy and sell and make money. And I don't get calls from customers. I I don't have any notion of what I'm like. If you look at the game, I just have a pot of money. I'm investing in not and I'm making money. And it's not clear whether it's the firm giving me a pot of money yeah, to just make money for the firm sure. yeah. or whether it's yeah. a pot of money I have. I do take a cut and I could probably... But why would you be in an office though? Right, and so like, <laughs> but like I'm making money at the end of the day for me, but it's not... Yeah. The game hasn't really telegraphed who it's for and I didn't bother doing the maths of is it a cut. But like <laughs> that first scene where I'm getting harangued by people saying you what's going on, etc. means they know what the role of a broker is, but then when the broker role comes up, I'm not doing any, any of the, the, the bro. That's actually what it is. That's the simpleness I've just figured out. It's like I'm just some dude with a pot of money, putting in stocks, taking it out. But I'm not playing. You just walk to an office, and they're like, "Yeah, have a seat." But know? but like um, I'm. If it was day <laughs> trader space. simulator, that would make sense because <laughs> it's my pot of money, and I'm just trying to make more money for me. But this is supposed to be a broker, but. Literally, the the term broker means I am the middle person brokering on behalf of people, and they've cut that entire part out for simplicity. Because, like, like so, actually, but you, you if you haven't watched like... Boiler Room, 
because the whole point of that okay. is tricking it, it's like a ponzi scheme type thing spoiler alert but like you can kind of mm. figure out that something shady is going on the whole point of that is working the customer to invest so that you can take your cut it's not here in this but it's this like that's where you make your money on trades but if i can I arbitrarily I trade like as much as i want theoretically i could lose all the money that i was given like in the real world if i was a broker who just decided to lose money on all these bets like i would oh, still, I, I would still be generating in <laughs> income in a different way than the game is portraying i guess that's that's what i'm trying to say but but that seems like such an easy problem to fix where it's just like i don't know in um house flipper where it's like you get an email from can you come clean my house i'd like to buy stock in dark roast or whatever it is it's like yeah and then i can say, or thing. i get this tip from the cheating screen right and then i go hey whale cust like customer is a whale i've got a hot tip that we need like the the, the the market's saying this, but it's actually going to go this. And so you need to trust me. I need to give me 200 grand to, 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 to buy into this stock and we'll both make money off of this. You'll make way more than me because you're putting the money in. That'd be interesting. Right? Yeah. And like, Get that million dollar right. trade. It's, to be honest, that's yeah. a way more interesting social political dynamic than, yeah. well, there's a slider that says this time you got caught with sending generic lobbyists. And I guess that's what I mean about like it's so thin is because I feel like it doesn't. It's nodding to the problems in finance, et cetera, and it's trying, it's pointing them out, but these aren't. The nuance is all wrong, and so if you're trying to be a satire and say, "Oh, this is why the system's broken," this isn't why the system's broken. And that's a, probably where I'm I'm struggling the most. If it was just like a, "Hey, I like this gameplay loop," and yeah, it's not much like stocks, that's okay, but like. You're clearly leaning into the tropes, but also this isn't how this role works fundamentally. Yeah. And so that's probably why I'm a little harsher on it. Uh, I'm glad we talked about this because I didn't click so much about how at first I was just like, well, like, where are my customers? But now I know we've talked it out. I'm like, oh, mm. the lack of customers is kind of a big deal, especially when you think about Ponzi schemes, et cetera. And like people getting tricked out of their money, but the people who trick them not getting held to account is entirely because I make enough good trades, even if it ruins you, if the trade was good, I take my cut, mm -hmm. I'm fine, you're not. Yeah, because a lot of simulation games, they are very surface, surface level, and they don't go into like the nuances of whatever trade it's, it's you know, um, evoking, or, yeah. or trying to... Yeah, so, but this one, I... I just didn't get where it landed on, are you going for a deep strategy game? Which it seems like, no. Are you therefore going to for a cleverly put together puzzle game with the like, kind of setting, yes, uh, of you're working in, you know, finance and stocks and shares? which doesn't seem that way either. So it's just, it's like it's caught in between this weird nebulous uh, outside of the Venn diagram of mm. like who's going to enjoy it and what kind of game it is. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, it, <laughs> I didn't quite understand it. And it's like, I, I barely understand such shares as it is also working for an investment bank. Yeah. Back when, but yeah. 
I, don't understand it then, don't understand it now. I don't think this game would teach me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I, I think I'm clearly not the audience because I'm just not at the informational level they want. But I also think that mm-hmm. if we figured out who that audience was, I don't think that there. I think there's still a mismatch on what the way they're portraying mm-hmm. it versus. So even if there's people who are like, I want this level of analysis presentation i think there's some fundamental disconnects and in services maybe gameplay but also like like i said like having lobbyists on hand but not having customers on hand is a very strange thing because it misrepresents the idea that stockbrokers are people who work for people who have a lot of money and they make money based on making those people move money and if you don't get Mm -hmm. that and you aren't portraying it that way then i think it just it sounds like rich people playing with money to make more money, and it's true, but the the cog that you're supposed to be is a person who's trying to be a rich person, but anyway, doesn't matter. I, I'm going to go on a dark yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, it, it, it's weird, because as I say, like, some simulation games can go deep, but some are just, like, silly, like House Flipper, and it's like... This didn't have enough silliness for me, where it's like, yeah, I think that's it. The sa- I think, and that's what I sort of started this chat about, which was um, satire is kind of hard, and like it is. House Flipper is great because it's not being satirical; it's being humorous, and yes. this is trying to do these like it's a cutthroat thing, or there's these fake ethical things, and like some of that hits up okay, but a lot of it just uh-huh. seems. It, if it falls flat, then the whole thing falls flat. Um, yeah. It's the danger of sort of taking satire by its horns. But anyway, I think I've whinged enough about it. Um, <laughs> so that, those are those well, are my thoughts on inside Invisible Hands. Uh, I like the name. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good name. It's just yeah. also not what. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not quite. <laughs> yeah, you'd think it is some like. But yeah, also, there's a glimmer of something interesting and... there, and also mm-hmm. if you aren't. People seem to like it. Hmm. According to the people, seem to like it according to the reviews. Yeah, as well. exactly. As you say, we just may not be. Yeah. We may be the completely wrong target. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> having both worked in yeah. investment, etc. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, anyway, uh, let's. Um, we're now at eight o'clock, which is. A reasonable chunk of time. Uh, so, I'm going to ask you what your favorite beer was, even though I'm pretty sure I know what it was. Yeah, it was the... What is it? Something Delight. Red Sky <laughs> ah, yes. Red Sky Something Night. Delight. <laughs> yeah. Red Sky at Night Brewers Delight. Um, the BBNO, was it 5? Oh, I've still got some left in there, yeah. so that'll be nice for later. Um, yeah, the 5. It's... It's a it's a really good beer for its money. Um, you know, you're not going to find many good beers of that quality for for like you know under two quid. So I do recommend it if you're just you know looking to supplement your uh, weekly shop or your other beer. Definitely recommend it. It's like juicy. It's got enough fruitiness in it. Um, finish a bit wishy washy, but. I, I mean, you know, you can't really complain. I was just saying, at, at that Still price, I'm beer. like shocked how. Not that you're hard on beers, but just like you were, you said really good things, and it's such an inexpensive beer. 
Yeah. Um, that it's, it's just good. like, damn, I, I'm going to have to truck one of those down, except I don't go to Marks and Spencer's for it. Mm. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> There's never any in Marks and Spencer's. Yeah, but uh, yeah, for, for that price, you, you're going to be hard-pressed to find something better. Even something that's like, you know, add extra quid onto that. Still going to be hard-pressed to find something as good as that. But um, yeah, the Tool, it's, it's really good. I think the fact that I haven't had a red ale in a long time helps. Um, so even that alone is quite novel and nice. Um, yeah, I've just got to pause yeah. you there. I'm, I'm really kind of shocked at how the red ale is. So it's much more common back home in Canada. Um, yeah. So like one of the, so Molson is the big brewer of the, of Canada. It makes Canadian. It's a garbage piss beer. Uh, but they have the Rickards line, which is their pseudo microbrewery. So like 20 years ago when microbreweries were coming up, they made Rickards, which they mm-hmm. sold across the country, but pr- pretended like it was a competition with your local microbrew and Rickards Red was by far the most popular and the most widely mm. seen one and so like I grew up where it's like hey I go to a new town I can get a Rickards Red I know that's a decent beer uh and I here it's like red ales just aren't a thing in the same way yeah I, th- I think it's more of a traditional style and like you know old man's pub on cask <laughs> that's what <laughs> It's like yes, but um, yeah, it's it's not a new and trendy hip kind yeah. of. It's not a New England IPA basically. Yeah, but yeah, it, 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 it's it's a shame that I don't see more of this style. And it's like how I kind of lament about saisons recently. It's like don't see them much. Even oh, that's such a shame. You know, we're coming up to saison season. Don't see them much. So I don't know what it is, but yeah. So. It, yeah, it's really novel to have one, and and it's a good one of those. Um, as I say, it's got that nice, nice red berry fruitiness at the start, and it just it has a wave of earthiness and bitterness and malty, like a nice malty backbone, but that's not too overstated. And yeah, just really well balanced. And I, 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 I oh no. <laughs> why don't we ever buy two of each beer? Yeah, I, I mean, so like, this is even this if is, we don't like them, it's like we we'll still drink them anyway. This is the <laughs> like, thing that I uh, I know when one of us really likes a beer is when we sort of immediately go, oh, I should have bought two, because we're <laughs> yeah. obviously in a sp- position where novelty is part of our biz, right? Um, but yeah, it'd be sort of in in inhabits your general beer consumption where it's like even bought beers I don't put on the pod I'm probably going to buy three four of a different three four different ones versus two and two yeah. right like that's just the thing and then you have this like oh this this hit me different mm-hmm. this is exactly what yeah. I wanted boy I wish I had more than one of these <laughs> and you're like ah shucks um, yeah. cool I, I said that about uh, reams from Bla- Glasshouse mm. a few weeks ago and I just bought two of them yeah. two more I was going to say I need some more of these. Yeah. The benefit is uh, when when there are things much more like this looper, which <laughs> full circle makes isn't a limited run versus say this Northern Monks um, Cherry Cola Sour IPA, which is a limited run because it's a Pedro project, and so like it sucks when you hit something like a Pedro's project where you're like oh oh yes 
I love all of the things. I want as many of these as possible. And you're like, oh, I bought the last one from the bottle shop. Didn't know. And I'll never see it again. Which is just the, the ah, give and the, take. It, it was the grape soda IPA right. from Northern Monk. I really didn't like it. Yeah. I think they're <laughs> not. I mean, spoiler alert on what I'm about to say. Don't think they're good at soda IPAs. Um, uh, so <laughs> it, I really, really liked this Full Circle Brew Looper IPA. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a Full Circle in a long time. It's fucking shied out, but this was a very springy <laughs> beer, and I loved it. Um, like I said, it had, I mean, I, I, I waxed intellectual enough about it, I think. It has all of these really interesting... Um, zesty, light, slightly sweet, um, and with a backbone of grapefruit notes, while still having a bit of a underlying um maltiness. Um, it's just it's just a very well made beer that still felt like beer, um, but like mm -hmm. is so inherently springy and just really well crafted. Uh, yeah. is ex sort of even though the weather doesn't match it, it's exactly what I want in the spring. Um, it was just it was just really nice, and it, like it 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 only betrayed at six point four percent when I sort of mm -hmm. had mm -hmm. to think about how light it feels versus how light it yeah. is, and I really commend them on that because often you're just like, well, it's this it's a little more viscous or it's not or or it's watery or it's not right. So, I mean, same same, uh, and this is actually the um i was had to think about it because it's so light in its touch yeah but clearly viscous enough and i like that it's both because then i don't feel like i'm having a watery beer i'm i just have yeah. to like pay attention if i care about that um and i just the i really like northern monks and i really like the patriots project but this um cherry cola sour ipa not their best. Just, uh, it's not what I want. Yeah. Like, there might be a, kind of like the game I talked about, The Invisible Hand. Like, there might be an audience <laughs> for this, but I ain't that audience. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it was too flat to feel cola-like and too non-beery to feel beery. And it yeah. just, it, it managed to miss the things that I was hoping would be foregone conclusions. Um it was interesting. I liked that there was this, like I said, this rooty cola-ness. So the cola wasn't like mm -hmm. artificial tasting. It was like, oh, you're doing something interesting there. Uh, it has a bit of a sweetness and a bit of sweet and sour cherry. I get what they're doing there, but ultimately there wasn't enough beer in it. Um, and it just, it just not what I was looking for. And I, I knew the risk when I bought it because it's a <laughs> cherry cola sour oh, IPA. Yeah. But like the IPA wasn't really there. Not nothing ventured, nothing yeah. gained. So it so why not? Yeah, exactly. I mean it's not like I'm not gonna continue to buy Northern Monks Patriots projects. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes we hit those moments, but like often they <laughs> knock it out of the park. Yeah. And like absolutely. I really respect that project because of that. So um cool. Well, um that's us for the week. Uh it is. Yeah. Um so if you all sorry i got distracted by the spam on our um twitch yeah. uh i do want to become famous you're already famous no Look i at don't you. uh, you're right there <laughs> uh, famous uh, famous woman 
Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, it, yeah, if you uh, like what you've seen, uh, please follow, like, subscribe, review, rate on whatever pot platform you're seeing this on, and share it with your friends. Uh, we want to reach more of you. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can email us at tankedupcast at gmail.com. Tell us why the invisible hand is much better than we thought, or that there's some beer out there that we should try, or anything else. Um, you can also tweet us at tankedupcast. Uh, you can visit us at outoflives.net and see all kinds of other podcasts, VODs, pop culture articles, etc. You can reach Lucy at JuicyLuce9 on Twitter, Instagram, Untapped, all of the things. Uh, you can also reach me at the Omniarch on those things, except Untapped. Don't bother. I don't use it. Uh, and you can reach Ben and tell him how much you missed him this week. And his more yes. effic uh, effective hosting. Um, Adil, you did a fantastic oh, job. Thanks. At uh, Nova underscore 47. Um, yeah. Uh, ben who? Sorry? Ben, ben who? Oh, Ben. Her. Yeah. Ben her. Yeah. Uh, Charlton Heston. Yeah. Yeah. You can read <laughs> the NRA. He might have died and the NRA might be in great legal troubles. <laughs> But uh, we've got our own Ben-Hur. Uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that's been us for the week. Uh, yes. We've been tanked up. Bye-bye. Bye. www.outoflives.net -bye. Bye.